0: Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm CB Drogi. A quick note before we begin. Want to know more about one of the authors featured on Flash Fiction Podcast? Check out Manowaker.com for contributor bios. This week, the Last Botnet by Vaughn Stanger Perhaps it was inevitable that our robotic proxies would start sending us spam. Even so, for the interplanetary internet to succumb to a virus, just as civilization received a coup de gras from the biological variety, constitutes an irony of astronomical proportions. Claire Tomlin's penultimate email explained how we got into this mess. From... Claire Tomblin, Claire underscore Tomblin at Mars.net, to George Benoit, George underscore Benoit at Lunar.net. Subject, hope you like tinned meat. Dear George, to keep my mind off things, I've done some digging. It looks like some nameless agency twonk decided to upgrade the operating system of every unmanned spacecraft out there. Sadly, it looks like our friend forgot to patch the security holes. I hope the bastards suffered. Now I'll have to figure out how to protect your array. Much love, Claire. Like a handful of other Moon and Mars personnel, Claire and I elected not to board the evacuation flights. Neither of us had loved ones to bury back on Earth, nor did we plan to experience the ghastly lung-melting death that the Chester virus inflicted on 99.9% of humanity. The view of Earth's night side through the Shackleton Base Telescope confirmed that the remaining 0.1% won't be enough to keep the lights burning. Strangely, most of those who stayed behind waited no more than a day or two before clamoring into their spacesuits. Seems they wanted one last view of Mother Earth before cracking their helmet seals. But for Claire and me, isolation worked wonders, The irreducible time lag provided the perfect catalyst for long-distance love. Trouble was, by last Saturday night, our relationship had become hamstrung by denial-of-service attacks. I'd spent eight hours tinkering with the CO2 scrubbers when I realized I hadn't heard the chimes from my PC heralding Claire's midnight kiss. I got my attention, albeit belatedly, because she'd never forgotten before not since we became an item. Midnight kiss, as in an email containing romantic small talk, not a video clip of her pouting lips or, God forbid, a VR feely. Wisely, we'd agreed to practice safe text rather than endure the frustrations induced by more intimate forms of communication. I checked my inbox but found nothing. In contrast, my spam folder contained hundreds of new arrivals, mostly of the make-her-squeal variety. Despite these unwanted reminders that I would never meet Claire in the flesh, I couldn't bring myself to empty the folder. Perhaps my subconscious had decided that any message was better than none. Naturally enough, I sent Claire an email. After four hours without getting a reply, I followed up with another. And another. Lucky number seven got a response unfortunately of the mailbox-full variety. Knowing Claire to be considerably more computer-savvy than me, I waited for her to devise a solution. In the meantime, I tinkered some more with the life-support system, while my spam folder grew inexorably. When I woke up this morning, I had a headache worthy of my last bottle of single malt. I gulped down a couple of aspirin to clear my head. Only then did I consider what Claire might do if confronted with a network so overwhelmed by spam it couldn't handle legitimate emails. So I searched through the contents of my spam folder, read every one of the thousand plus emails, and diligently followed every link. Finally, I found a signal buried in the noise. An email nominally offering a manhood enhancement, but actually directing me to a web page containing Claire's instructions for protecting the far-side array. With typical gumption, Claire had retaliated against the botnet by hijacking its virus. Having read to the end of Claire's instructions, I clicked on one last link, which led me to her final thoughts on our brief, if necessarily distant, relationship. Dearest George, I hate to end things this way, but Meridani base is way too quiet, like my inbox, so I'm going for a walk. Sorry. Love as ever. Claire. Needless to say, I shall miss her. So that just leaves me with the far side array to sort out. Solar-powered, autonomous, and self-repairing, it will continue to function long after my death. Aware that the SETI guys had been using the array to ping the universe, Claire had vowed to keep the botnet's viruses safely quarantined inside Soul's heliosphere. Thus our neighbors would be spared a barrage of emails extolling the virtues of penile extensions, penny share options, and fake Rolex implants. I can see her point, though I refute it utterly. What Claire forgot or chose to ignore is that humanity's last botnet won the Interplanetary Information War. To the winner go the spoils. It occurs to me that this is our first and last lover's tiff. However, this is an argument Claire cannot win. Her instructions told me how to isolate the far-side array from the network. Instead, I have taken down its firewall. If Claire can hack the botnet's virus, then so given time can I. Though I lack her coding skills, knowing that the task can be done is half the battle. Assuming the base's life support system holds out for long enough, I will learn how to clone the virus and incorporate my own payload. My final act will be to switch the far side arrays mode from receive to transmit. Free at last, our viral progeny will roam the universe. Infecting ET's networks with their messages of love. I can think of no finer epitaph for humanity. This has been The Last Botnet, written by Vaughn Stanger and first appearing in Nature Physics. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. I'm C.B. Drogi. Thanks for listening. Episode 0139, Production Copyright 2016, C.B. Darogi and Manawaker Studio.